to enjoy life. You have one chance and you have one heart. And if you carry all that hatred in your heart, you're preventing yourself that happiness that life is all about. You should just enjoy life, enjoy what life has to offer. And for me personally, there is nothing better in life than the laughter of a child, than to be able to pay it forward and help somebody in need, to watch them find that inner spirit and inner life again. Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Unstoppable. This platform is a little different than our team talk and our contagious smile because it's a little more on the raw side and this episode could have some triggers on it in it excuse me so uh go ahead and know that if this could be triggering for you as we're going to talk about domestic violence you might just want to skip this episode so today I have been putting together a video as it is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and I have already placed it out into the world of social media. And I have my husband joining us, and I had him look at it. How was it for you to look at that video I put together? So, for, obviously, first thing you see are the pictures, and you immediately think, wow, somebody's had to go through this and suffer and then recover from it. it it's just that's just one aspect. And then then you gotta think you, you read the words that, that are on the screen, but then you think of the other side is there's actually POSs and monsters out there who cause this pain to another one. And uh it's just you, you you're kind of dumbfounded uh when it's reality, especially if it's a loved one or someone you know. You know, we always think that Oh, this won't happen to me. This won't happen to me. But when it happens to you or a loved one, you know, that, that's that's reality. It could happen to any one of us, men and women. Right. So we need to take it back a little bit, give a history. Michael and I were together for four years, and then it wasn't God's timing for us to be together, and things happened, and I rebounded. And when I did, I met a monster. And that monster did what he did. And my outcry was to Michael. And he went with me to court. He took me to the side of the courtroom. I don't know if you even remember that. You took me to the side of the courtroom and gave me strength. And you gave me a kiss on the forehead and said, you got this kiddo. Come on, let's go in here. Don't let him see anything negative from you. And you went back in there with me. And to this day, I still want to know when I call him the bad man. He got up to go to the bathroom. Michael went following suit. And when he came back in, I was like, what happened? What did you say? And to this day, I don't know. And I guess I have to get peace with that because my husband has blocked it out of his mind um, so that he wouldn't be held to my, please tell me, please tell me. And when we were looking at these pictures and I was putting this together, I did use caution not to really put the gruesome, gruesome pictures that we have for evidence out there. It's humiliating to put those out there for others to see, but if it helps one person, then it's worth it. But he even said he didn't recognize me in some of these photos that were taken while I was pregnant. Um, and I, I can't, I know what it's like from my end, but from you're in on the outside 
can you kind of explain what that's like what feeling like going through that is like going to court sitting with me what it was like yeah um to be honest that was so long ago it's it's very hard to remember um you're an outstanding woman you have a great perfect memory as as I it's not, it's not always a good thing because I wish I could forget a lot no I, I do I, I forget and that was so long ago and and uh, you know things happened and I, I wish that you know things were different you know back then you know the, the choices that we made or the decisions we made or circumstances that came our way you know make us who we are today we can't change it but we, we can live with it and you know be a better person and hopefully somebody and our audience can uh, grow from, you know, our experience and what we've been through, uh, what we're going through now with the current application. And uh, hopefully, you know, we can shine light in somebody's um, darkness and help them out. So to answer your question about court, I, I just, I, it's hard for me to remember. I went, now, I went to court hundreds and hundreds of times, you know, being in right. the career field that I was in so but it's different because you sat with me and it's just it's so hard because he was saying before we decided to air to record that it was obviously when you call her peanut it was obviously peanut who kept giving me the will to keep fighting on and on and I told him I said it was also him because there there was more time than not that I would think about him and how I know I needed to have him in my life and see him again. And and I kept using that as a driving force, but absolutely there was plenty of time where I wanted to give up. And then I worried what would happen with my daughter? What would he do? How would you have felt if you got word that I had died? What would you, how would you have felt? Yeah. So for those y'all out there going through this uh, domestic violence, look, look, really look at the photos that, that she posted at that presentation and look at that woman and in, into her eyes and and i tell you right now there there's no soul in there it's just it's gone there's 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 hopelessness uh her mind is separated from her physical body uh it, especially to endure all that that you saw in there all those pins and screws and and cut marks that is not a, a straight slash from a knife that is a zigzag pattern Okay. There's over 12 of them. And we only put on the worst of the worst scale, I say, those photos didn't go above maybe a four out of the worst photos that I could have put out. Folks, that is not what you see now on on all the other social media platforms. That is not the woman. Uh, that woman is long gone, uh, but uh, she still remembers it and she, she's better for it. And um, and I hope to meet the SOB one day again because he'll be in our backyard. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, anyway. Um, How I, do you think it's changed me from when we dated to now? Uh, you, you were still very, you were very confident back then. But know? I wasn't cocky. I was confident. No, you, you were very confident. And you didn't take no stuffing stuff off well, this anyone. Well, this is, Unstoppable, so you can say shit. Okay. Um, 
Man, you had, you know, a couple degrees under your belt, black belt, that is. But then people want to know why is it that I allowed this? Well, you don't allow it. You don't. One of the very first things you learn in any martial art training is to de-escalate the situation and you get out and get away. But when you're laying there asleep and someone straddles over yes. you in your sleep and starts punching you in the face, you know that that's not. While you're pregnant. While you're pregnant. You know that's not something you can de-escalate. Not to mention when you are asleep and you get a knife stuck in your groin because somebody's trying to cut your child out. It's, you know that you're going to have to have enough proof to keep that person never getting anywhere near your child and no matter how much evidence I got I had no one on my side everybody turned a blind eye everybody you know looked the other way and that's not acceptable I know there's a he said she said but when there's physical marks on a person that's not really a he said she said you know there's a picture in there from where he strangled me and I was asked if I did it to myself Right. And if you look at the photo, you will see the two thumbs are exactly on the, well, on a, where a man's Adam's apple would be. And then you can see the hands on the side of the throat. If you try to do it to yourself, you'll see that's impossible to do. It's impossible. You cannot suffocate and strangle yourself with your own hands. And, you know, I brought that up to them and said, you know, please show me how I could do that. And then instead of realizing that they were stupid, they went to the angle of, well, what did you do to make him so mad that he had to do that to you? And that's what I got all the time. Yeah, that, that's bullshit. And I own what I did. I absolutely yelled and screamed um, at his command because they did come see me in the hospital. And I did. I yelled and screamed at them. I own that. I threw them out. I told them it was their fault that I was there because I kept coming to them, begging them to help me. And I know not all military is bad, and I sound like a broken record because I say that all the time, but I know we have, you know, good soldiers. I know we have good military, but there are always bad apples. And I had told this particular unit that, and it was a small unit, that he was going to kill us. And they just acted like it didn't matter, that we didn't matter. And I was screaming, you know, if you're supposed to be American soldiers, how come you're not protecting Americans on U.S. soil? And they just acted like I was a joke, like it wasn't a big deal and nothing happened. And that's not how this should be. A woman, a man, a child, you know, bisexual, transgender, whatever it is that you're calling yourself with your pronouns, you have a right to live in a violent free life. You have a right to not have hands put on you unless it's warranted. And this is not acceptable and it's only getting worse. Can you imagine if we don't get this cycle stopped, what happens when our kids see it? Because they witness it and then they think that behavior is okay. So then that's how they treat their significant other. Or even you, as you get older, they feel like, well, that's how I saw you guys act. So now I can act that way. And that is not acceptable. These kids go to school, they get silent. They end up turning into bullies. They're petrified. They have nowhere to go. And they get bullied or they turn into a bully and then they feel they have no safe space at all. These kids don't want to come home. They turn to a really bad crowd. They get into drugs. They get into crime. These things need to be stopped. And it breaks my heart when you see people who've been through this. And I, and like I said, I sound like a broken record because I say this all the time, but one hit, one kick, one punch is one too many. And I have a zero tolerance policy for it. It's just not acceptable. 
playing around is one thing, but this is not an, an acceptable behavior. And anyone who ever came around my family knows that they're going to have to get to me to get to them. And it's just dumbfounding. And then you have people who say, well, you deserve it because you chose to stay. And, you know, you must have made him mad. And then there's so many things you could say back to them. You know, when I've done speaking engagements, I'll, I'll ask them, you know, I've, I've had a, a mom who said to me one time that I would never let this happen to me. And I just said, well, you know what? I'm really happy that, you know, you're one of those out of four that have never had this happen. And I hope that statistic stays that way for you forever. However, we're not all that lucky. And I want to ask you a question. I want you to imagine your worst day of your life. And, you know, it could be whatever it is. And then I want you to imagine the people that you consider your inner circle all turning away from you and not being there to help support you in that day. And that's what you're doing when you're telling your inner circle family or friends that they deserve it because they stay or, you know, they would have never let this happen to them. Nobody signs up for this. Nobody raises their hand and says, hey, I want to be a better wife. Hey, I want to be a better husband. I want to, you know, have this happen. Nobody does that. And instead of ridiculing us, why don't you support us and help us in our journey of healing? Why don't you offer support and, and the simplest of ways of just sitting in a room with us? You know, we might not be ready to talk, but we know we're not alone if someone's in there with us. You know, if we feel okay to like reach out, hold our hand, let us know that we're not alone, offer us shelter, offer us, you know, a way out, let us get together and work on an escape plan because that's why so many people return. It's an average of seven times people go back home and it's because they don't have their escape plan completed for execution. And that when you try to escape is the most dangerous time um, because of the fact that the abusers at a heightened uh, alert, if you will, and officers, when they respond to domestic violence now, which just irates me that, if they respond now, well, first of all, it is one of the deadliest calls for an officer to respond to. But when they respond, if they don't walk in on the actual act, then why don't you take it from there about what happens at that point? Uh, it's, it's, <clears throat> the officer is going to listen to both sides, obviously. They're going to separate uh, both parties. And nine times out of ten, it's going to be the man that goes to jail or... It's going to be both of them going to jail or none of them at all, and they're just going to be separated for the night. So it, it's either going to be uh, assault, uh, it's, it's going to be an affray uh, where both parties are fight, fighting and both of them go to jail. The officer is unable to determine uh, who started and who threw the first punch and, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, defensive wounds on both. So, um, <clears throat> You know, just it, these these officers, they have a lot right on the shoulder. So uh, we need them. I, I support the officers, uh, but they, they have to make split second decisions out there, y'all. So don't judge them too harshly. They go home to families just like y'all. But there's also plenty of officers out there who sure, don't but, make that quick ass decision. And some of them are the abuse in law enforcement and military, the higher they are in, in the civilian factor. But here's one for you. Less than 10% serve any actual time of incarceration, and that's the attacker slash abuser. So you have a scenario where the attacker abuser doesn't have any time served, like my monster, and then gets back to the victim or survivor, and then she self-defends, 
And it's over 40% that the woman or the victim ends up in jail serving time for self-defense. And those statistics are jacked up. I'm sorry, that is so wrong. And then the kids end up going to the attacker. How, how can anybody justify that? Okay, so the audience is screaming right now, well, why didn't she leave while he was incarcerated? Why didn't she just pack up and move? Sometimes it's not that easy, folks. It's not all black and white. Um, Help them. Let them get an escape plan together. A lot of times abusers control the finances. They maybe this person doesn't have a place to go. Right. They're trying to get all their stuff together. You know, you have to go through it little by little. I put my escape plan in the memoir that I wrote, Who Kicked First, and now I help people write theirs as well. But you have to be very, very creative. When Idiot, aka the bad man, had found the camera in my purse the first time and saw that I had been taking pictures, we were at a hospital, we were in a military hospital, and he stuck the tip of the knife in my throat because he found that and wanted to know what I was doing with it. And I knew I was going to die at his hands unless I started to really figure out how to do this and be able to get out and tell my story and help others because there was no way he was ever going to get his hands on our kid. It was never going to happen. Right. And that's, the, that's another thing that, uh, you know, these, these uh, victims have to consider their, their children. Uh, you, you've been married to him. Uh, he's been abusing you for years or, or, a certain time frame. He knows your mother and father. He knows where your grandparents live. He knows everything about your life. He knows where your kids go to school. So that's that's part of the escape plan. You have to get them out of school. You have to get them out of the area. Uh, mom and dad can't know where you're, you're going for you know a while until you know some uh, something gets done. So it's there's a lot to it. I know, folks. You know, anyone who knows me also knows that my grandparents were everything to me and. He even knew where they were. And one time he couldn't find me. And he actually showed up at the cemetery where I was just sitting there. And it was awful because I used to take um, ultrasound pictures and put them in a Ziploc bag and then put them there with golf tees so that they would always have a picture of the baby while I was pregnant. And I wasn't home and he would check the mileage. He would, you know, there was certain points everywhere I drove that I'd have to call and let him know because I did give him permission to go outside the marriage. And people thought that was crazy that I did that. But you know what? If you think about it, if I say to you, not you, but if I say to you, meaning the bad guy, hey, sure, go out and get whomever. Go. Because first of all, he's going to be in that courting period with them. He's not going to get violent. And second of all, when he's with them, he's not home beating me. And we only had consensual sex, not even a couple of times. And then after that, he took it. And I did what I had to do to keep my daughter alive. So if he's out getting it somewhere else, he's not home taking it from me. And I know he's not out hurting somebody else because he's courting them to try to see what he could do in his cycle. So yes, that's kind of, I understand how people think that's messed up, but when you're in a fight or flight situation, you do whatever you can to have an extra hour of safety on your hands where you don't have to worry about somebody turning around the corner you always walk on eggshells you know he was looking michael was looking at pictures of me um when i was putting this presentation together and you literally have to be cautious on everything that you do because if dinner is five minutes late you're going to get a cabinet in your face the door is going to slam open in your face if you know the couch was wet because it smelled from people that you had over and i mean a female 
and I sprayed it and I got beat with a belt because the couch was wet when he was home and he sat down and it was wet and his pants got wet and it was my fault because it should have been dried by then. And these are all things that I, I, I never heard that. There's a lot you don't know. Well, thanks. I know I'm just a dumb redneck. But there's things that I, you know, first of all, I, I have not okayed him to read the book because I know my husband and I know he will lose his stuffing if he does. Um, there are so many things that he did you don't know. And there's reasons why I don't want you to know. I don't want you to see me that way. And I know that you will lose your craft if you read and found out some of them you know and it's not like i said it's not he said she said i have the photographs the medical evidence the medical records the affidavit the sworn statements from people i have 17 and a half hours of audio confession um you know we have all of it but and i respect my wife enough to honor that and not go against that and read the book I mean, he's in it. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and you're in it. I mean, there, it, it's, and you know what? He's the only person who can, like, you're the only person who can do certain things because you don't trigger me. And you're the only person who can. And, you know, the, I mean, there's just situations where the movie Sleeping with the Enemy, like, people think that's a horrible, scary yes. movie. I can watch it like it's a comedy. Like, you really because didn't matter what the situation was if i ran out if he ran out of beer i had to go to the store and get it and if i took too long at the grocery store he would come up there and he'd slam my head into the cart for taking too long i got chapstick because my lips as you know dry out and he called me a dirty whore and busted my face in the checkout line we were in there at 11 o'clock at night and the lady behind the counter said you know is there anything i could do and she handed me some paper towels and she said you want me to call the cops and he flashed his badge and next thing i know you know and then it was nasty outside he cranks up the vehicle and then gets inside while i'm unloading the cart into the vehicle because he's not gonna do it that's just not ever mm. and these are things that were consistent and I thought, I'm literally going to die at his hands. I mean, one of the worst, and, you know, I'll share part of it. I'm going to, again, provide a trigger warning on it. Um, and I'm going to be cryptic. I'm not going into extreme detail. Was, um, he had a, we had a whirlpool, whatever you want to call it. And he pulled me down the stairs of it. And he tied me up in a chair. And he took the metal part of the belt and just started beating me with it. And he begged me to do things that I refused to do. And um, he beat me until I went unconscious. And what woke me up was he stabbed me and I tried to get away. And it didn't matter because I, I wasn't going anywhere. And I had blood everywhere. And because he had tied me up, I couldn't protect my stomach. And I had made a deal with him that as long as he didn't hurt my stomach, I wouldn't fight him back. But he had me completely bound to a chair. And there was nothing I could do. And I tried to get out of the restraints. 
and I was cutting through my wrist trying to get out and he just kept whipping me with his belt and it didn't matter because there was nothing I could do to get him to stop. I even like begged him to make love to me hoping that that would calm him down and he just kept yelling about it being my fault and why I make him this way. This is all my fault. If I would just do what I'm supposed to do, then he wouldn't have to put me back into how I'm supposed to act and that, you know, he doesn't want to be this way. Do I believe that I want him this way? And, and he drugged me through the house. I had carpet burns and he caused me to go into Braxton Hicks labor and or contractions rather, sorry. And it, it got even worse, if you can imagine, the remainder of the evening. And I was bleeding out of places that you should never see blood coming from. And then just imagine, just imagine your whole life, all you want is to be a mom. And the son of a bitch tried to cut a child out because I was spending too much time being a pregnant woman and not the devoted person that gave him what he wanted. And it's just literally like, I couldn't have a bathroom door because what was I possibly doing that I needed a bathroom door for? And I got rid of my metal hairbrush because he would come in there for no reason and just pop it square across my face for no reason. At, at this point, the, the listeners want to know his name. Just drop his name real quick. One time. First, middle, last. I can't do it. It's not mine to give. I'm not going to hold that in my heart. I pray for him because it's God kept me here. I know that for a fact. My last time in the hospital, they told me I had less than 2% chance of survival. I started throwing up green stomach lining. I was freezing cold one minute, burning up the next minute. I, I literally thought, I'm going to die. I, I'm going to die tonight. And it, it, everything literally made me believe that I wasn't coming out of that hospital. And when he came in and showed up, he was furious that he got taken out of whatever it was he was doing because he had to come up there. And it, it literally was just horrible because I was scared out of my mind. And after the first couple of days, he would be gone. He'd go see his women. He came back in the room and he noticed that the phone had been moved. And I had picked it up. And I was going to call someone. And when I picked it up, I put it down and thought, I can't do it to this, these people because he's going to do it to them. And when he came in and saw the phone had been moved, now any nurse could have moved it, you know, whatever for medicine or whatever. But I, he came in and he literally took the phone and he threw it across the side of my face and broke my jaw while I was in the hospital. And I got so numb. I was so numb that I would just sit there, stand there. Because if he hit me and I cried, he'd hit me again. And he testified in court that if he hit me once, he hit me over 200 times. And if I ever responded 
in a tearful manner, he would hit me again until I just stood there and took it. And then he would stop and then he would leave. And I would have to clear up all the blood before he'd get back or it would be a reminder. This is not how any woman should live or man or child. Nobody needs to live this way. We have to do something to make this stop. We have to get domestic violence to be a thing of the past. It needs to, it needs to stop. And as humiliating as it is, and it is humiliating to put those pictures out there, you know, if it helps one person, then it's worth it. And that's why I advocate like I do now, because, you know, he, he testified again that he was scared of me when I wasn't pregnant because I fight back. Well, I'm not pregnant now and I'm not scared. I'm mad at myself for what I went through. I'm mad at myself for what I endured. And it took me a long time to realize that it's not my fault. I didn't deserve it. But it doesn't make it go away. Um, it, I mean, it's something that you'll never forget, but you have to heal because you don't want that in your life. And that moron, bad man, idiot doesn't deserve to have that in your life. He doesn't deserve to have even his thoughts or you have him in your thoughts. It's not worth it. And that's why we do what we do is because you're worth fighting for. You're worth living your your children want you your friends want you and you need to see that inner light because it's still sparking because you haven't given up yet and that's why you know we're all here to show you that you're not alone i don't think i'm a strong person um my husband will say different but i think he says different because i'm his wife but i look at my husband because he's my rock he's my strength Thank you, babe. Well, I'm serious. Thank you. Why? You can't be quiet. You have to say something. I've read. Well, this, this, this is a lot to take in because, you, you know, know. This, is, this is very hard. It's a lot of stuff. And some of the some of the details that you haven't shared with me yet. Well, then tell me how you feel hearing it for the first time. Because you know what? It was 100% on his name and location. 100%. And I'm sure there's 100 different um Good old boys out there listening right now or good old girls um, fired up and want to go say, hey, you know, as that one Irish guy say, let's go bat him up. You know, we'll, uh, we'll make sure he lives forever. Right? Blood transfusions, IVs. But, you know, there's so many people out there that maybe you know, supporting someone who's going through this that want to know how you react to hearing some of this you've never heard before and how they feel is justified and what they're thinking is, is normal. You, you're going to, um, self-preservation uh, is going to kick in. And, but when you have children involved, you, you absolutely will take care of them first. Uh, if you're any kind of a, of a real mother, real father, you're going to take care of them first. And you're going to, you're going to sacrifice your life. You're going to do everything you can to protect your child. Uh, if that means suffering some bodily harm, some humiliation, or whatnot, then that's what you got to do. Uh, you you got to do it for your kids. Um, it's just, it's it's human nature, you know. You're just a, a piece of shit if you don't. If you just throw your kids out there, you know, and, and use them in, in all this sex trafficking crap that I hear about. It's, it's horrible. 
So listeners, y'all out there, y'all comment on this, please. And uh well, everybody wants to know what you're thinking. Here I am opening up. They can't see the face that you're giving me of sadness. So everybody wants to know what you're thinking and feeling. So well, of course, of course, it's, it's anger. You know, it, it's hatred to that guy. But I can't get near him. I can't touch him. Why? Because I respect you. Right? Because mm -hmm. you won't give me his name and location. And why do you think that is? Because you love me. That's right. Tremendously. And you're protecting me and my daughter. Not that I couldn't handle him. We watch a lot of crime shows, don't we? <laughs> oh my God, disregard that statement. <laughs> I'm protecting you because I love you unconditionally. Yes. Not because you're scared of him anymore. No, I wasn't scared of him then. I was scared of him hurting her. Yes. He openly admitted that. The only reason he ever started me in his violent ways was because of the fact that he knew when I was pregnant, just by how much I wanted his, as you know, that I would have protected them. And he thought with me because I had a great job and I was not even done. Stunning. I wouldn't go that far. I would. Yeah. Whatever. People say scars had character. I guess I'm a cartoon. Well. Well, thank you for opening up like this and sharing with us. What about you? What about me? Have you ever experienced anything like nope nothing like that none at all no nothing physical no that's a, that's a story for another day too much silence way too much silence <laughs> sorry folks so let us know what y'all think about today's uh, episode um comment please share share we you know talking like uh my, my wife says it's part of the healing process and so man does she talk a lot thanks i don't talk <laughs> a lot about my experiences no, no. talk about yes okay because if i talked a lot about my experiences you would have known about that particular incident well you do a lot of podcasts yes I do. you like you said you do everything you can to get the word out to stop this you know, and we, we'd like others to help uh, get the word out. You know, if y'all want to be a part of us um, and our growing community, you know, let us know. Send us an email or a message. Contact us via one of the many platforms that we're on. And let us know. Uh, we're just trying to help. You know, we're just trying to be good people, help others. He just has this look. No, you have to say whatever it is. Come on. Don't leave all of us hanging. That's not nice. I'm going to say goodnight, folks. That's not nice. All right. Well, thanks for listening. I'm going to go get this out of him because I want to know. So we will be back with you sometime here soon. Thank you all. Good night.